very sentimental person. This has been a real deep podcast. I didn't mean it to be so. <laughs> the death of Stalin. That was not funny. Oh! <laughs> it's the traditional hero arc. You want to see them struggle? There's no heroes here. No, no, Come no. On. No, no, no. And I still think to this day that they probably are still, you know, thrusting no. around the dark, oh, no, so I think, to speak. I think, no, don't. How are we, ladies and gentlemen? This is Paul speaking, and with me tonight, as always... Pip. Well done. <laughs> I, I, I looked at you meaningly, meaningfully tonight, you know, to give you the, it's time for you to talk now, Pip, and then waited for the like proper two and a half seconds for it to register <laughs> and you lean forward and say something. Yes, all good. How are you? Good. Oh, God. <laughs> it's going to be one of those nights tonight, isn't it? You did start. I did. I did. Hi, okay. everyone. Hope you've had a good week. Have you had a good week? Um... Okay, I shouldn't have, shouldn't have passed that. It's, have you had a good week, Paul? Uh, look, I'm in a day's time about to go on holidays. I hate you so much right now. Going on holidays, taking the boy to Canberra. We're going to the War Memorial. I'm going to start my indoctrination of his military education. So what are you doing for him? As in I what don't fun, understand what, the question. What, what, <laughs> what, fun is, are you doing, but what fun things are you doing for him? Uh, I'll take him to the Canberra Zoo. And then Is the zoo in Canberra? Well, it's called the National Zoo. I think there's a kangaroo there. Oh, okay, because I yeah. didn't even realise there was a zoo in Canberra. All I know is that there's Taronga in Sydney and no, there's, there's an zoo. aquarium and a zoo all mixed together, apparently. So that'll be that'll be quite good. Let me know if it's any good. I I shall. I shall. If there's and, more than one kangaroo. And, and then on election night, we're going to Parliament House. What? Yep. Well, what Why? is? Yeah, oh, something are we going on there? There'll be lots of stupid things going on We can on there. stand, me and Tom will stand out the front and say, get out, get out. <laughs> to who? <laughs> oh, well, you know, look, it's, it's a very special time in Australia at the moment. We're two days away from the election and I think most people feel that it's time. Ladies and gentlemen, please be upstanding for the podcast pick of the week. Thank you. I thought you were going to say something much more interesting then. <laughs> no, 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 I haven't done anything to that. Now, I don't know if people can <laughs> hear it. We, anyway. I, think, I think people might be able to notice that um, our sound recordings are all having slightly better quality of sound to them. Oh, go on, bleat. Go on, tell everybody how good you are. I'm really good. (laughs) (laughs) After months and months. Eight months of scratching my head going, I can't work this soundboard. I finally worked it out. So, bravo me. Well done, Paul. Let me dislocate my shoulder blade by patting myself on the back, shall I? (laughs) No, you've done a good job. Well done. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, you've just played the podcast pick of the week. Music. Yes, yes. And you haven't actually picked a podcast. Well, before we even do that, I have a little bit of an apology. Do you remember last week when I picked... um, I've got to think of it now. Um, West Wing Thing. West Wing Thing. Notice I just turned my page and it's right there. Yes, and I was talking talking about Dave Anthony and I said, and another guy. Yeah. Well, 
the other guy spoke up for himself and he, he wasn't exactly, he was very much the gentleman, but I could, I could tell he was a little sad. <laughs> so I, I love that you're still calling him the other guy. Oh, the other guy the was other really guy. offended. <laughs> well, I promised him I, I would um, rectify rectify my omissions. So here it is. This is for you, Josh Olsen. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Josh Olsen. He was a scriptwriter on Masters of the Universe. In 2006, he was nominated for British Academy Award, the Writers Guild Award, the USC Scripters Award, and the Academy Award for his adapted screenplay of History of Violence. In 2006, he was to collaborate with Ellison on the adaption of the author's short story, The Discarded for ABC series Masters of Science Fiction. He was a writer on Gotham Knight. He was the first writer on Jack Reacher. And of course he wrote, I will not read your fucking script. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think of that? you felt the need to do like a whole big thing. Well, I felt a certain level of empathy and I'm, and I'm looking for Josh, you know, Josh who? And I'm, I'm, I just felt I was being vaguely rude sort of thing. And then I started looking into the sort of the stuff that he's, you know, he's achieved. And I went, oh, I better do something about this. <laughs> so from now on, anytime Josh Olsen's name comes up, it's... Josh Olsen. Oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, I've had a bit of fun with that, I have to say. <laughs> so there you go, Josh. I hope you're happy. <laughs> Is this going to happen every time you forget someone's name? Well, he's given me. Because you'll be ex- quite busy. He's given me the excuse to really entertain myself for the last <laughs> couple of days. I've had a bit of fun. Is this with what that. happens to you when you're on holidays? No, I'm not even on holidays yet. You haven't God, started. God help us oh, all. <laughs> Wait until next week's episode. <laughs> oh no, I'm getting really nervous. <laughs> anyway, this pick of the week for this week. Now, this week, I've decided to do Josh Olsen (laughs) of a podcast. So he does two podcasts. He does two podcasts. Right. And um, the the podcast that he does is the movies that made him. and That made me, is it called? Made me, sorry, yes. That made him. That made him. (laughs) I'm assuming it made him. So, and he... And uh, so you've got the two hosts. You've got Josh Olsen. And the other guy's name is Joe Dante. See, I actually desperately looked it up to make sure. It wasn't on the website. No. What's going on? There's nothing on the website for poor old Joe's. So don't tell me you're going to do one of these for Joe. If you're listening, no, no, I don't have the emotional energy. <laughs> Unless he tweets you. Paul, why does Josh get it and I don't? Josh who? Oh, God. Josh Olsen. (laughs) 
All right, I, I won't do that again. Please I'll, don't. Okay. What is the podcast about, Paul? The podcast is actually. I think you'd really enjoy it. This one. This is. This is one, and I, I listened to a couple of episodes, um, and I, I was really strapped for time this week, so, uh, and I was training Is that because you are mucking around making all no, this stuff? No, no. Well, I listen to the podcast when I'm driving the truck, and uh, this week I've been training somebody, so... You can't listen to I, the stuff you like to. I can't have my own me time, and, you know, when somebody else is trying to crash into, you know, brick walls and things <laughs> like that, we had words. <laughs> It's been a very stressful couple of days. That would have been fun. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, so it, it is a film. Uh, sorry, it's a film podcast, and they have interviews for the most part, um, where they sit down with directors and scriptwriters and various other people, and they talk about the actual, just about cinema in, in general. And of course, they're all essentially insiders in that. They know a great deal about it, and it's just really fascinating to listen to movies being pulled apart the way that they do. And, and look, I hardly recommend it. Anyone who's interested in film, you mean like us, like talking us, about films, and you know what? Everybody who was listening to this will be interested. Yes. Well, otherwise, why are, are they, they listening? I mean, they probably just sit and listen to us, like you know, fighting like a pair of old married couple or something. We don't fight. We discuss. Oh, Pip. We don't Have you fight. listened to our episodes? Yes. It's <laughs> it's more of a discussion than a fight. A sharing of minds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, movies that made me. How many episodes has Josh and Joe done? Lots. Like I have to scroll down. I didn't count. Okay. Um, yeah, and They've been doing it for a while. So they come out like once a week? Once a week. Okay, sure. cool. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Look, my research, I got both names right, all right? Be happy with that. Everybody, just be happy with that. So that podcast that we think you should listen to is The Movies That Made Me yes. by Josh Olsen. Josh Olsen. <laughs> and Joe Dante sometimes, I'd, I've got written here. Sometimes, yes. Is that his last name, sometimes? That must be. <laughs> well, awesome. my, my, my name is Paul Harbottle, maybe. <laughs> Um, At times. Yes. <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> anyway, so um, am I allowed to t- say what the first film was going to be? Does it does it matter? Because I, I know sometimes I start saying it's a film. All right, well, and then you tell me, no, Pip, no, we're well, not doing that one first. I am all set up. So Off any order? Yes, I can I can be flexible now. <gasps> watch me do... Well, watch me put my foot over me, my head. Watch, <laughs> watch me assume the position of the lotus fart. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. What are we doing? Um, I was going to say first, The Field of Lost Shoes. The Field of Lost Shoes. Pip, could I please have a synopsis? the Union Army is set on cutting off the Confederate supply lines by attacking and capturing the Shenandoah Valley. To prevent this, the Confederates need to boister their numbers by using cadets from the Virginia Military Institute in the Battle of New Market. Thank you very much, Pip. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Thank you, Pip. <laughs> now, oh, my gosh. 
I have only just literally stepped out of the lounge room from watching this. I know, because I had to watch the last bit with oh, you. I, it's been a busy day and I got home. Like I did a 13-hour day today and we came in, sat down, and I had to pack the car for the holidays and run around like a, you know, uh, like a rat with a sore tooth. I was going to say hairy goat. I was going to say something else and then I realised it was massively, <laughs> massively politically incorrect. <laughs> but it's my okay. favourite saying. Don't yeah. say it. Okay, all right. <laughs> so you've packed the car, you've watched the film. What did you think of the film, Paul? Oh, it was rubbish. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was just rubbish. I'm sorry, everybody. I thought it would have catered to your needs. It's oh, a war film. No, it's a TV film. That's, a, that's the most generous you can put it down to. What do you mean by TV it's film? It's a TV film. Like, what does that mean, Paul? All right. This never went to the movies. <gasps> Didn't it? Oh, I, I defy the cinema who would put this crap up. Okay. Yes. That makes more sense. Yes. No, it's just a TV movie. It's designed for TV. Okay. You know, because it's running on a budget of about like 30 bucks. Well, it's only four year, uh, five years old, mm. so it's a 2014 film. I mean, they were using cutscenes from recreation <laughs> battles. You, know? you could tell us, it just, the quality of the film would oh. die a bit as oh. it went through to that next section. Yeah, it was it was fairly horrendous. A lot of reenactment. And the stuff. CGI. <gasps> oh. Sapphires could have taken a lot from that. Look, at least Sapphire's had a nice storyline, characters you really loved. Yep, sure. It was, it was a good film for that regard. This didn't make a lot of sense. Okay. All of, all of this is forgivable. Guys, when you watch this film, if you ever decide after this review <laughs> to watch this film, it's not a particularly painful movie. Oh, it's, it's a... Uh, it just, it's, uh, it, it's kind of something you have in the background while you're knitting. Or something. Or, or ironing clothes. And I'm talking about the women too. You know, I used to be a good knitter. I've forgotten how to do it now. But I, when I was growing up, I'm an odd boy. I, My Oma taught I, me. I used to, I used to knit <laughs> I on the terrible. bus. We had to, like, we had an hour bus ride and I'd sit and I'd knit stuff, you know. <laughs> don't understand why I was in so many fights at school. <laughs> My Oma taught me, but I was rubbish. <laughs> I didn't want to sit for that long. I was never destined to have friends, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what am I? You're a friend, Pip. Ah, uh, don't I, knit in front of me. I thought about. <laughs> I had about seven or eight things that I thought. <laughs> oh, no, I'd I can say, see you filtering. And I was just a boop, boop, no, 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 no. Oh, definitely not that one. <laughs> so you didn't like the film, or you didn't care much about the film? Um. Oh, look. I'll, Okay, let's do its positives. Okay. Let's do its positives. A, it was historically fairly correct. Historically? Historically. For the war-based stuff. Yep. yep. Okay. Do we need to do a, a history bit? No. I don't do believe we do. I don't believe we do. You can if you want. Oh, look. Where is it? Just so you can bar. push the button. Yep, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Cold history bits. Gosh, that worked out well, didn't it? <laughs> I'm just not quick. When I turned it down, I should have turned it back up again. Yep, sorry. I'm just learning the new system. Um, now, this was the sh uh, this is the campaign of the Shenandoah Valley. Uh, it was about uh, 1864, and like the, the war had been going on for a couple of years, uh, about three years thereabouts, sort of thing. It had been going on for quite a while. Uh, now, in the Shenandoah Valley, there was a a, I think it was called the Virginia Military Institute, which was yes. like a, a training uh, station for cadet soldiers yes. sort of thing that were being 
you know, um, built up for a lot like West Point for people who are international who don't know. A lot of people have heard of West Point because it gets used, you know, as a... Well, I assume because they're in war, they had to mm. train up their cadets anyway. But this was like a, um, a a Confederate version of that, if you will, sort of thing. Now, they, they pulled the cadets out uh, in defence of the Shenandoah Valley. Uh, they couldn't get the... Res- um, the yes, other- at, in, around the town of Newmarket. And um, they were only to be held in reserve just to, to bolster, you know. And, of course, there was much derision about them, you know, being used because they were essentially boy soldiers. And as I have said before today, boy soldiers quite often are extremely effective because they don't know or have a very poor understanding of the concept of death. Oh, and also high testosterone without the full Ex- concept the of the, fr- the frontal lobe yes. working, yes. <laughs> So they charged up the hill and they captured a gun in you know collaboration with the units on either side of them sort of thing. Um, and they fought very well and fought very bravely. And look, considering the slaughter that was going on around them, they had relatively light casualties. Uh, I think there was about 10 deaths. 10 deaths. 10 Out deaths. 273 And 40-odd casualties like that, that were wounded yep. sort of thing. So they got off fairly lightly. And there was about 270... Something, 270 something. 275, something like that. So um, that's the precision information that you've come to expect from considered and conceited. Uh, Hey, I have to admit the Civil War is not my strong point. You've done well. Like we both, like literally I walked in and I thought, oh shit, I haven't done the other buddy (laughs) (laughs) movie. So I quickly sat down, Pip, come half an hour late. (laughs) I mean, I've I've watched... a little bit of the documentaries mm. that um oh, I can't even remember who else has done it, but I know Morgan Freeman did some of the voices in it. Okay. I can't even remember who did it originally. Anyway, so I've heard mm. a little bit of it, but it's not my strong war. This this film is. In, I, in I its found for this film though, mm. maybe if I had a better understanding of that particular battle, maybe I would have enjoyed I the film better. Don't, I don't know. No, I don't think it really mattered. They're in the center of the line. There was no maneuvering other than to push forward, mm. and they pushed forward and they took the objective, and they did it off their own bats, you know, and um, they were very effective in it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and obviously that they'll once that was achieved, they'd been pulled back because they weren't supposed to be frontline soldiers because you know clearly they weren't tra- trained, right. but you know to, to full effectiveness, but. You know, boys being boys. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. So they took one of the guns and the others took several of the other guns sort of thing. I think five guns were mm. captured. There was, historically, there was also... Two, they had their own t- two guns. Um, they had two cannons themselves Okay. Um, that were used in collaboration with the main assault. Okay. I found this film a little dull. I found some of the betrayals of the main characters. So they said the seven friends, mm-hmm. though to me some of them aren't really friends. Yes. yes. And f- only four come back. Yes. I don't understand the relationship between John Wise and Jack. I thought that was weird because it wasn't set up wasn't, very well. The, the script the script writing on that was a little poor. <laughs> Go on. What, what else? Um, I didn't understand why they needed a rat and what the – go of the rat was yes. and why there was only one the, little boy amongst all these massive, um, what, 17, 16 to 18-year-old boys. Yep. Um, 
So I that didn't get I maybe it was supposed to be a bit more, you know, maybe he was supposed to run around and do things for them or capture things for them or do things for them, etc. Mm. Um but that wasn't I didn't get that. Well, so I mean it didn't make much sense to me. Well, clearly uh, the level of script writing here was not <laughs> great and it certainly wasn't done by Josh Olsen. <laughs> I oh, have a sad. new toy. <laughs> You're going to get a tweet going, stop that. Stop it. Stop it now. Use my name again. Stop it now. <laughs> um, so I just, I found all that a bit. And it I was didn't rubbish. The, the love Come on. did not make sense. Well, no, you know, because she just... was a cow to him. He didn't even say anything to her and suddenly they're in love. Yep. And it wasn't even – there's some love at first sight scenes that you oh, get yeah, and you go, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, but teenagers, Pip. I mean, it, you know, I was surprised they weren't bonking the night before. The how – well, because that wouldn't make a great storyline, Paul, for the, what they're trying to – he's supposed to be one of these guys, etc. blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yes. Oh, we're doing King Lear now, are we? <laughs> <laughs> um, and the old judge connection and the way that everyone's being portrayed was just a bit – so essentially Fake. what you're saying is it was presented in such a way where the, you were not invested in any of the characters whatsoever. None. When they died, I didn't bat an eyelid. No, neither did I. <laughs> I just went, poor buggers. Oh, um, I just went was, Paul's picked another war film. Typical. Uh. No, but most of the war films I pick, off. look, most of them I've seen before and I know the good ones from the bad. I don't... You still make me watch the bad ones though. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but that's only when I'm feeling particularly vindictive and I want to pull out Apocalypse Now. I've seen that. We don't need to see it. Yes, but we haven't reviewed it. It is crap. Don't you know, bother. <laughs> I've been thinking a great deal about your threat to me on Titanic. Hey, I've mate, think- if you want to go there. Well, I think I'm almost going to have to for the simple <laughs> fact that I do not want the Democletian sword hanging over my head. Oh, so you're just going to go, all right, I'll go. take it. Do it. Do, <laughs> Do it, it now. No, don't make me wait. <laughs> so I'm going to break a vow to myself. So, yeah, because uh, what was the film I was going to make you watch? <gasps> the Postman. You know what? You know what? No, don't. You can't change it now. I've already written down what the film's up for next week. No, no, no. I know. I'm not going to – it's coming very shortly. Winter is coming. Winter is coming. <laughs> now, we all going on Game of Thrones, guys. Are we strapped in can for I, next week? Can I just say – What? You – Put a whole heap of the um, thing on my... There's a lot of people upset at the moment about oh, Game of Thrones. I've heard. But I'm only up to season five, but I'm two episodes short of season five. I went to go watch season six and I went, hang on, that it's doesn't right. make sense. I-, I can fix that tonight. That's fine. Yay! Yep, it's all good. Cool, because I don't know what's going on and everyone's about to talk about it. I go, don't talk about it. I'm two seasons behind. Anyway, so we're getting distracted. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, let me put it this way in perspective. The production values of Game of Thrones <laughs> far exceeds that of this film. Well, now I'm worried. And it's just a TV show. But the thing is, everyone keeps saying all this bad stuff about what's just happened in Game of Thrones and mm. they're really upset. And now mm. I'm thinking, well, hang on, do I really want to invest another two seasons worth only to be disappointed at the end? Well, you see, it just depends on the person. I'm not disappointed. I think it's fantastic. You think it's fantastic? I think it's fantastic. And I can't Don't tell me about it, it though. I'm not going to discuss it with you. But this is the – I'm frustrated and you need to pull Hurry your finger up. out yes. and get up there so I can talk about it because I, I – need to talk to someone. I think it's thoroughly justified. Okay, because a lot of people are really upset. Yes. I was talking to Carly and yes. she was not happy. But they didn't pick it. I picked it. I picked it about six or seven episodes before. Okay. Yes. And so I feel rather smug at the moment. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um. 
I'm just happy that supposedly the books are going to come out soon, the next book. No, it's left the books. No, no, no. You're missing the point. They're yeah. to- two totally different entities now. Right. So, okay. Yeah. Yes. No, I'm just looking forward to the book. Sure. Um, anyway, I keep getting distracted. That's Stop right. Talking We're talking about, about the field of lost Still shoes. Moving on. Um, yeah. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't excited. It was very B grade. It wasn't a great thing. Everything was substandard. It wasn't like awful, but Would it wasn't you, exciting. Okay, look, look, getting down to brass tacks here. Yep. Would you recommend it to somebody else to no, watch? No, I All wouldn't. Right. I would say you are better off pushing needles into your throat. Well, that's a bit hardcore. That's how I felt. I mean, there's other civil <laughs> film, civil war films that are better than this one. It's, it's just, it's, it's just. Much better. Do you know what? It was mi- not mildly offensive, but it was trying. To, it was obviously done by uh, somebody who was sympathetic to the Confederate cause, and they're thus they're glorifying it. Yes, mm. and, and it's kind of revisionist uh, history because all of the people that were involved, they were all anti-slavery, and they were showing, you know, everyone for the most part treating slaves, you know, with a great deal of humanity, and it kind of smacked of. Well, that's not how the Confederacy really was, you know. That's that's how it came across to people who are living on the other side of the world. Mm. Who, you know, th- they may have been trying to intend something else when they put this film together, but that's how it looked to me. It looked like they were trying to uh, rewrite history a little bit and put themselves in a better light. Yeah, I think so. Mm. And some of the lines were just a bit corny and... A bit... <laughs> There was cornfields made out of the entire script. It was uh, terrible just, script writing. Uh, it was shocking. It would have been far better if they had... Don't. Josh <laughs> Writing the script. You know what's going to happen? He's going to tweet you and totally abuse you. You're totally screwed next week. Bring it, Josh. <laughs> don't. Don't. We don't want confrontation. You don't want confrontation. I live for it. That's why I don't have a Twitter account. Uh, right now, I'm going. I'm I'm going red. Going. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Anyway, let's. Um, Do you know how much entertainment I'm getting out of watching your face at the moment? <laughs> anyway, I'm going to change the subject. Star rating, Paul. Oh, two. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have to think about that. I thought about one, but I think that's a bit harsh. Um. So I reckon I'll give it a four. I it's give not it, the worst film I've ever seen. I give it a two. It's not great. And an. And a complete apology to you, Pip. Nobody should, <laughs> nobody should have to watch that. That really was really rather bad. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. I should never have picked that. But I just went in blind. But then I pick crap films and uh, that well, I haven't seen and I feel bad. See, the good thing is we're brave. And at the end of the day, we watch something really bad. We've got to... It's like pulling the, ha- uh, the pin out of the hand grenade and throwing it away <laughs> into the bush. Nobody gets hurt. <laughs> And you don't have to throw yourself onto the grenade. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you just throw it away and say, everybody else, down. <laughs> That's what I mean. No one has to watch this now if they don't want to. No, don't. And, and like, thoroughly recommend you don't because it, it's That's just... That's only an hour and a half of your time that you waste, though. It's not like a three-hour... But Ugh. it's gone. And you might have a heart attack halfway through it and this is the last thing you're watching. Why don't you just tune out? <laughs> you're not going to kill yourself over it. You might die of boredom. <laughs> anyway, so that's... Two stars from Paul and four stars from me for The Field of Lost Shoes. Yeah. I'm sorry, but if you're going to do a Civil War film, you do better than that. <laughs> you do better than that. Anyway, Paul, your magic movie moment. Okay. last Now, I've had a little bit of a think about this. Now, last week I did one from... Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Now, 
I thought he was marvellously, and may I say, Americanly optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> he really, really was. And, um, and I thought about that. And I thought what I might do is I might do a little series of getting stars from various who, – who are doing these kind of uh, university speeches. Mm. And I thought, oh, I'll throw in the Australian one. Who have we got for the Australian one? So I found uh, – some people may not know him, but he's Tim Minchin. Oh, I love Tim now, Minchin. he's a little bit – He's a little bit of an arty-farty sort of guy. What do you mean well, by that? He is a little bit arty-farty. He's not arty-farty. He did an arts degree. What's wrong with an arts degree? He wears eyeliner. Yeah, to make himself stand out. Sure. <laughs> he is a musician comedian. Yes, and he's a very Music good composer. one. Music composer. Yes, but I don't think he even wants to put himself in a box. He is, I Actually, think he, he is a bit of everything. He is, let's just he's, call he's him. He's acting. He did um, an ABC TV show. He's another Stephen Fry. Uh, all arounder. You know what? I'm just thinking because I just had a brainwave right then. Do it. <laughs> was that what was happening on your face? <laughs> what, what was this brainwave that it overtook your whole face? That was scary. I wish I'd filmed it. Um, and what I might do is I'm, I'm going to go. I'll go off this week and see if I can find a really good speech from Stephen Fry to university students. You're uh, speaking different countries. And I'll pick and I'll try and find a few of us. I might go like Germany and you know or. or you know, France, and try and get some. Inter- obviously, speaking English because that's otherwise we won't we, we are essentially an English speaking podcast because essentially our, that's our, <laughs> our accents are atrocious. Um, I didn't realize there was another way to go. <laughs> so look, here it is, and this is Tim Minchin geeing up. Now, I just want people to remember how uplifting and optimistic. The last one was Jim Carrey was Jim Carrey saying you can achieve anything you want. You know <laughs> the world is yours. So go for ego. So this is how Australians approach philosophy. In darker days, I did a corporate gig at a conference for this big company who made and sat and sold accounting software. In a bid, I presume, to inspire their salespeople to greater heights, they'd forked out 12 grand for an inspirational speaker who was this extreme sports guy who had had a couple of his limbs frozen off when he got stuck on a ledge on some mountain. It was weird. Software salespeople, I think, need to hear from someone who has had a long, successful and happy career in software sales, not from an overly optimistic ex-mountaineer. Some poor guy who had arrived in the morning hoping to learn more about sales techniques ended up going home worried about the blood flow to his extremities. It's not inspirational, it's confusing. And if the mountain was meant to be a symbol of life's challenges and the loss of limbs a metaphor for sacrifice, the software guy's not gonna get it, is he? Because he didn't do an arts degree, did he? (laughs) He should have. Arts degrees are awesome and they help you find meaning where there is none. And let me assure you, there is none. (laughs) Don't go looking for it. Searching for meaning is like searching for a rhyme scheme in a cookbook. You won't find it and it'll bugger up your souffle. (laughs) If you didn't like that metaphor, you won't like the rest of it. (laughs) Point being, I'm not an inspirational speaker. I've never lost a limb on a mountainside, metaphorically or otherwise. And I'm certainly not here to give career advice because Well, I've never really had what most would consider a job. However, I have 
had large groups of people listening to what I say for quite a few years now, and it's given me an inflated sense of self-importance. So I will now, at the ripe old age of 37.9, bestow upon you nine life lessons. To echo, of course, the nine lessons of carols of the traditional Christmas service, which is also pretty obscure. You might find some of this stuff inspiring, you will definitely find some of it boring, and you will definitely forget all of it within a week. And be warned, there will be lots of hokey similes and obscure aphorisms which start well, but end up making no sense. So listen up or you'll get lost, like a blind man clapping in a pharmacy trying to echolocate the contact lens fluid. <laughs> looking for my old poetry teacher. Here we go. Ready? One, you don't have to have a dream. Americans on talent shows always talk about their dreams. Fine, if you have something you've always wanted to do, dreamed of, like in your heart, go for it. After all, it's something to do with your time, chasing a dream. And if it's a big enough one, it'll take you most of your life to achieve. So by the time you get to it and are staring to the, into the abyss of the meaninglessness of your achievement, you'll be almost dead, so it won't matter. I never really had one of these dreams, and so I advocate passionate dedication to the pursuit of short-term goals. Be micro-ambitious. Put your head down and work with pride on whatever is in front of you. You never know where you might end up. Just be aware the next worthy pursuit will probably appear in your periphery, which is why you should be careful of long-term dreams. If you focus too far in front of you, you won't see the shiny thing out the corner of your eye. Right? Good. Advice, metaphor. Look at me go. Two, don't seek happiness. Happiness is like an orgasm. If you think about it too much, it goes away. <laughs> Keep busy and aim to make someone else happy and you might find you get some as a side effect. We didn't evolve to be constantly content. Contented Homo erectus got eaten before passing on their genes. Three, remember it's all luck. You are lucky to be here. You are incalculably, incalculably lucky to be born and incredibly lucky to be brought up by a nice family that helped you get educated and encouraged you to go to uni. Or if you were born into a horrible family, that's unlucky and you have my sympathy, but you are still lucky. <laughs> lucky that you happen to be made of the sort of DNA that went on to make the sort of brain which when placed in a horrible childhood environment would make decisions that meant you ended up eventually graduating uni. <laughs> Well done you for dragging yourself up by your shoelaces, but you were lucky. You didn't create the bit of you that dragged you up. They're not even your shoelaces. <laughs> I suppose I worked hard to achieve whatever dubious achievements I've achieved, but I didn't make the bit of me that works hard. And more than, any more than I made the bit of me that ate too many burgers instead of attending lectures when I was here at UWA. Understanding that you can't truly take credit for your successes nor truly blame others for their failures will humble you and make you more compassionate. Empathy is intuitive but is also something you can work on intellectually. Four, exercise. I'm sorry you pasty pale smoking philosophy grads arching your eyebrows into a Cartesian curve as you watch the human movement mob winding their way through them, the miniature traffic cones of their existence. You are wrong and they are right. Well, you're half right. You think, therefore you are, but also you jog, therefore you sleep, therefore you're not overwhelmed by existential angst. You can't be can't and you don't want to be. Play a sport, do yoga, pump iron, run, whatever, but take care of your body. You're going to need it. 
Most of you mob are gonna live to nearly 100, and even the poorest of you will achieve a level of wealth that most humans throughout history could not have dreamed of. And this long, luxurious life ahead of you is going to make you depressed. <laughs> but don't despair. There is an inverse correlation between depression and exercise. Do it, run, my beautiful intellectuals, run. Five, be hard on your opinions. A famous bon mot asserts that opinions are like assholes and that everyone has one. <laughs> there is great wisdom in this, but I would add that opinions differ significantly from assholes and that yours should be constantly and thoroughly examined. <laughs> I used to do exams in here. It's revenge. We must think critically and not just about the ideas of others. Be hard on your beliefs, take them out onto the veranda and hit them with a cricket bat. <laughs> Be intellectually rigorous, identify your biases, your prejudices, your privileges. Most of society's arguments are kept alive by a failure to acknowledge nuance. We tend to generate false dichotomies and then try to argue one point using two entirely different sets of assumptions like two tennis players trying to win a match by hitting beautifully executed shots from either end of separate tennis courts. By the way, while I have science and arts graduates in front of me, please don't make the mistake of thinking the arts and sciences are at odds with one another. That is a recent, stupid and damaging idea. You don't have to be unscientific to make beautiful art to write beautiful things. If you need proof, Twain, Douglas Adams, Vonnegut, McEwan, Sagan, Shakespeare, Dickens for a start. You don't need to be superstitious to be a poet. You don't need to hate GM technology to care about the beauty of the planet. You don't have to claim a soul to promote compassion. Science is not a body of knowledge nor a belief system. It is just a term which describes humankind's incremental acquisition of understanding through observation. Science is awesome. The arts and sciences need to work together to improve how knowledge is communicated. The idea that many Australians, including our new PM and my distant cousin, Nick Minchin, believe that sci the science of anthropogenic global warming is controversial is a powerful indicator of the extent of our failure to communicate. The fact that 30% of the people in this room just bristled is further evidence still. <laughs> the fact that that bristling is more to do with politics than science is even more despairing. Six, be a teacher, please, please, please be a teacher. Teachers are the most admirable and important people in the world. You don't have to do it forever, but if you're in doubt about what to do, be an amazing teacher. Just for your 20s, be a teacher. Be a primary school teacher, especially if you're a bloke. We need male primary school teachers. Even if you're not a teacher, be a teacher. Share your ideas. Don't take for granted your education. Rejoice in what you learn and spray it. Seven, define yourself by what you love. I found myself doing this thing a bit recently where if someone asks me what sort of music I like, I say, well, I don't listen to the radio because pop song lyrics annoy me. Or if someone asks me what food I like, I say, I think truffle oil is overused and slightly obnoxious. And I see it all the time online, people whose idea of being part of a subculture is to hate Coldplay or football or feminists or the Liberal Party. We have a tendency to define ourselves in opposition to stuff. As a comedian, I make my living out of it but try to also express your passion for things you love. Be demonstrative and generous in your praise of those you admire. Send thank you cards and give standing ovations. Be pro stuff, not just anti stuff. Eight, respect people with less power than you. 
I have in the past made important decisions about people I work with, agents and producers, big decisions based largely on how they treat the wait staff in the restaurants we're having the meeting in. I don't care if you're the most powerful cat in the room, I will judge you on how you treat the least powerful. So there. <laughs> Nine, finally, don't rush. You don't need to already know what you're gonna do with the rest of your life. I'm not saying sit around smoking cones all day, but also don't panic. Most people I know who were sure of their career path at 20 are having midlife crises now. I said at the beginning of this ramble, which is already three and a half minutes long, that life is meaningless. It was not a flippant assertion. I think it's absurd, the idea of seeking meaning in the set of circumstances that happens to exist after 13.8 billion years worth of unguided events. Leave it to humans to think the universe has a purpose for them. However, I am no nihilist. I'm not even a cynic. I am actually rather romantic. And here's my idea of romance. You will soon be dead. Life will sometimes seem long and tough and God, it's tiring. And you will sometimes be happy and sometimes sad and then you'll be old and then you'll be dead. There is only one sensible thing to do with this empty existence and that is fill it. Not fill it, fill it. And in my opinion, until I change it, Life is best filled by learning as much as you can about as much as you can, taking pride in whatever you're doing, having compassion, sharing ideas, running, being enthusiastic. And then there's love and travel and wine and sex and art and kids and giving and mountain climbing, but you know all that stuff already. It's an incredibly exciting thing, this one meaningless life of yours. Good luck and thank you for indulging me. There you go. That is awesome. That's pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> you see, Americans? <laughs> Soon you'll be dead. That's right. <laughs> so enjoy that optimism. All right. <laughs> um, I think Australians can be quite dark sometimes. Oh, no, he's being realistic. Well, he is. It, it's got its own optimism. It's practical optimism. Yes, yes. I think that's the right term. Yes. I. I He's, Don't he's, get me wrong, Jim Carrey's was very inspiring. Oh, but yes. Tim Minchin's is more like slap you around and go, stop being stupid. Don't this be is an how arsehole. it is. This is it. This, this is, is how it is. <laughs> this is the black and the white. That's There's right. no pretty flashy glittery colours and a big neon lights for you. Yeah. My, my own personal feelings, when I was listening to Jim Carrey last week, I'd go, eh, you know, and mm. oh, you know, how inspiring. Like there's, there's, there's a few things that you'd hear and you go, yeah, that's worth thinking about. But with Tim Minchin, I'm listening to that and just come, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's the difference. Um, Will Anderson um, interviewed him. In Will Offersy. Yes. Uh, Will Willosophy. That, that'll do. Yep. Um, and I, I actually like Willosophy. I don't like well, the other one he does. Well, let's next week's pick oh, of the week. Should we? Does that, am, I, am I picking something? <laughs> Apparently. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Sorry, no, I'll calm down. All that good. would be great. Yep, done. Write it down. <laughs> well, I'll just listen to this and I'll write it as I'm listening. Okay, right. Our next. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. Our second movie, which I put up, is In the Heart of the Sea. Okay, Pip, could I please have a synopsis?
would-be author Herman Melville begs the tale from the sole survivor of the New England vessel, the Essex. A tale of savage storms and survival and a harrowing battle between the monstrous whale and the crew of the Essex inspires the author's incredible Moby Dick. That's very well uh, spoken. It's not really because I actually scribbled over and I had to stop and go, hang on, where did my line go? (laughs) See, you're Australian, can't you? You Scribble. Scribble, scribble, scribble. (laughs) You're supposed to go, yes, yes, I am. Thank you. Yes, Paul. Yes, I am. That's it. That's it. Well, go, girl. (laughs) No, no, that was crap. (laughs) All right. Okay. The fact that all I have to do is write a little synopsis, is it's not that hard. What was the first thing you thought of when you heard this music open up then? Um, come what may, come no, no. what may. Oh, did you? I will love you until the end of whatever the next line is. Oh, okay. Because oh, I could hear that modulation in oh, it. Oh, okay. See, I thought whale song. When it first came, people go back, just go tick, 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 go back and listen oh. to the start of that. And it sounds like whale song at the very start of it. Okay, no, I heard something completely different. All right, well, maybe I'm just—I've had too much drugs over the years. So I don't know. Well, no, you're probably right. I mean, what I've heard is probably totally wrong. So yep. you know, yep. and I can't sing, obviously. So, oh, don't be so hard on yourself, Pip. I certainly <laughs> wasn't going to tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Boom! Burn! Take that! <laughs> yep. So, Paul, Pip. Paul, Paul, what did you think of the film? <laughs> You know what, Pip? <laughs> After a lot of consideration, and since you picked this masterpiece, oh. I'm going to let you go first. Oh, because I've been you getting used to doing as, that. You can say it as quickly as you like, but I'm onto you. I girl. love letting you talk first. It's great. Why? I don't know. I just enjoy it. Would you it. like me to go first? No, no, it's okay. I'll go first. I will. Um, I can. That's up to you, Paul, but I'm happy to go. No, no, you make the decision. No. <laughs> <laughs> We've already discussed this. I don't like making decisions. Fine. <laughs> you well, suck. Good decision. My decision is you suck. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so I picked this one only because I saw a whole heap of people that I recognise, like uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tom Holland and a whole heap of Game of Thrones people as well. Who? I miss them. You miss them? Oh, come on, tell Michelle me. Michelle Fairley, who plays Catelyn, who is Mrs. Nicholson. Yeah, no, I picked up on her. Um, D- Donald Sumter, who was the um, guy who was basically saying, we have chosen this captain, we own the Essex. Um, he plays the head sparrow guy. Ah, uh, yes, yes, I picked um, up on Joseph him. Marley, who is one of the cast, uh, one of the crew, yep. and he plays Uncle Benjamin. Benjamin. Ah, yes. And there's probably others, but again, yes. I'm not up to date. No, I'm no. only on season That's five. That's why it all felt rather homey, didn't it? That's what I mean. You recognise yeah. these people and you go, for instance, when and you're watching The Field of Lost Shoes, Caitlin I only recognise kind of like one guy and that was from The Vampire Diaries and I went, I don't know any of these people and I don't really like what they're saying anyway. With this one, you go, oh, I know you and I know you and I know you. And I was watching Caitlin Stark. In Caitlin. This, whatever her name is. <laughs> The silly bitch who got all the all the family killed. She did. Anyway. She did. <laughs> Stupid cow. Anyway, I didn't like that character. I was happy when she got killed. You know, in the book, she doesn't die. Hey? In the book, she Spoiler doesn't die. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> it's a she? book. It's not, 
I thought in the book that she actually turns into a, something of a... Oh, yeah, that's what I mean. Sorry. Like a zombie. When, yeah. Like, like uh, the guy with the flaming she's, sword. She's died, but she's yes. not dead. Yes. And in the... Yeah. Yeah, like the, the guy with the flaming sword. Which isn't in the show. But anyway, we're not discussing that. He is in the show. It. I haven't seen him. Have I seen him? You have. You have. He's okay, all the way through it. He's he? all the way... Yes. Oh, okay. Obviously, he has, he, a, he has a fight with Hound, remember? Oh, that was ages ago. It was only yeah. like a short... Just saying. He's oh, in right. it. Okay, my okay. apologies. Anyway, we're getting distracted. Sorry. So, there was lots of characters, actors and actresses that I recognise. Hmm. Um, there was a lot I didn't um, because it's quite, both these movies had big casts. Um, how, how big? Big. <laughs> I'm making a massive hand movement. Huge <laughs> tracks of land. <laughs> I didn't go that way. I went. I didn't go in front of me. I went out on the well, side. Some women are expensive. It was this big. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well, sorry, sorry, people. We're just being a bit silly tonight. <laughs> and it's so it's already based on a book mm. about a book. <laughs> It's a little bit of looking through the onion, isn't it? (laughs) Um, So it's based on a book that was written about a book. book. Yes. Um, And I feel bad because I haven't actually finished reading Moby Dick. I've got totally bogged down because he spends chapters talking about knot tying and uh, whale classification. I'm like, oh gosh. Well, you know, did you notice? I still have to. I'm going to skip those chapters. Okay. Did you notice like three quarters of the way through the the, the movie uh, that Herman. um, Melville. Melville. Yeah. Admits that he's not a good writer. Yes. Yes. He did. And I just said, testify. <laughs> well, no, because at that time there was a better writer yes. than him. Yes. And um, Several it, I would imagine. Well, there's only, well, we only know one book by him. Yeah. I don't know any more others about that he's done. His I would be if I His writing it up, style was god awful. I didn't Look, mind the first couple of chapters, but when he started getting bogged down in information that wasn't important, I just went, oh my god. He gosh. was writing about the same time as Charles Dickens was. And like, if you. Put the two in They're their totally pros. different. Yeah, well, yeah. Okay, I don't want to get bogged down in literature, but don't there you? Are... You normally blame me for that. Go for it, Paul. Enjoy well, it. You look at other nineteenth-century um, literary literature. Pe- no, literary authors. literary authors. Yeah. You got like, like Dumas and. When was Moby Dick written? Oh, it would have been in the eighteen thirties or something like that. Oh, so a lot earlier than what yeah. I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. No, it would have been later than that. Eighteen fifty was okay. Thereabouts. No, because I'm 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 listening to Stephen Fry read Arthur Conan Doyle, and it's fabulous. Oh, it would be, well, but that's like eighteen nineties, isn't it? Yeah, eighteen nineties. So that's another what, Steve, forty years down the track, and, and it's Stephen Fry. Oh my gosh, it's so good. I have such a mad crush on the man. <laughs> my daughter's listening to all the Harry Potter Stephen Fry books. Is she loving it? She is loving it, and she goes, yeah. like, "He does the voices better than the people who actually say it." <laughs> Because you can, you just see the movie screen mm. as you're listening to it, don't you? Because he's absolutely bang on for the voices, isn't he? I'm listening to um, the Barossa Valley. We're not Valley. really talking about the films very much. Sorry, we? we'll come back. We'll come back. The Barossa, I'm listening to um, Sherlock Holmes doing the Barossa Valley one, which is a lot of Aussies. Barossa? Barossa. Sorry, I'm pronouncing incorrectly. My apologies. Yeah. Um, which is a battlefield in the Crimean War. Anyway. Sorry. Um, so that these people are Australian and they've come back over and there's a family. So there's a father and there's a son and there's another father and a daughter and he's and doing all the vo- ghost. Would you stop? Sorry. Anyway, he's doing the voices and I'm like, oh, he's doing such a great job. That does sound like that. And it's yes, wonderful. I and, know. He's superb. And my daughter goes, do you think Stephen Fry would do David Williams if I asked him to? And I went, 
Um, <laughs> he may not, but I know he could. <laughs> well, I imagine David Williams would probably rather do it himself, being an actor fellow as well. It's her mm. favourite author at the moment. So now I got distracted. Yes. Anyway, so I haven't finished in reading the Heart my... of the Sea. Remember that one? I haven't that read. Was a great film, wasn't it? <laughs> I haven't read In the Heart of the Sea, and I haven't finished reading Moby Dick. I've got bogged down. Right. Um. Because some f- parts of it are really good and some parts are just hard. Oh. But the film, I thought, was shot... Oh, we're going to talk about the film oh, now, I'm are we? Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> Fucking hell. I thought the film was all right, but there's parts of it just... What was wrong with it? The parts where Tom Holland kept going, Mr. Chase, Mr. Chase, it reminded me of Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark. <laughs> well, come on. I mean... Oh, it just look, made me laugh. Look, can I put a bit of a defence in here for Tom Holland? Oh, he does a fabulous he's, job. He's so, he's, you know, he's a yeah, great... Yeah, I know. But, like, how old is he? He's, like, would he be, like, 19, 20, 21 sort of thing? He's got he's, a bit of a baby face on him. Oh, he's got a baby face. He plays a good young person. Yes, he does. Um, but it just made me go, oh, my gosh, I wish I hadn't seen, um, you know, the last couple of Marvel, uh, Marvel films. Endgame. Yes. Endgame. Before watching this because it was just totally in my head still and I went, uh, So Endgame I couldn't concentrate where, properly. Where Tom Holland actually... Shh. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> Go watch the film, people. Don't. <laughs> um, but I didn't mind the film. Mm-hmm. I thought there's some really interesting, cool parts in it. But I didn't, I didn't feel really, you know, passionate about it. And a lot of the, because it's such a big cast, I didn't feel very invested in a lot of the characters as well. It was still done well, and the actors did a great job, and it looked great. But I wasn't, I don't know, I wasn't terribly excited. Does that sound bad? I can't even pick why I wasn't that excited. You know, I've learnt not to worry too much about whether you think that something is bad or not. It's good for my mental health. I don't think it's bad. It's good for my mental health. I don't think it's a bad film. Mm. I just found bits of it a bit... Because sometimes I listen to you and my eye starts uncontrollably twitching. Why is that? Because like... Like, you'll have a perfectly good film that everybody loves and you'll go, well, (laughs) (laughs) and then start to eviscerate it and it just... Okay, I know obviously they're stuck in their boats for a long time. Yes. And they're trying to survive. Yeah. But, I, you know, when they're trying to decide who gets eaten, Mm -hmm. I was a bit, you know what, I don't actually feel close or connected to any of these characters. But is it their fault or is it yours? What, that I didn't feel any connection to them? Correct. Because I'm starting to suspect that you might—that you may well be psychotic. What? You might what be, made you say you that? You might be a, at least a sociopath. I, I think you might be. I don't think you have connection with other people. No, you can close your mouth <laughs> now, Pip. <laughs> I don't think you're a violent one. I just think, you know... No, you're, you're, was, you're a funny sociopath. There are films where I get upset about what's happened to characters or I'm totally invested in characters. But in this one, I didn't feel incredibly connected. No. Oh, you'd never do. That's my point. That's not true. There are ones where I go, oh, my gosh, I was so upset Who? about what happened. Who? I'd have to go back and... In this film? N- not in this film. In the last film? Who? The what? Field of Lost Shoes. Oh, no, T34 I really liked and was invested. Okay, all right. All right, so you're not, so a, so you're not a sociopath. Bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's a nice, it's a nice film. I yep. have nothing against it, mm. but I, I wasn't terribly... Okay. And they all did a great job. There was no bad dialogue or bad, bad acting, mm. but I wasn't 
totally connected with everybody is what I'm saying. Now, okay, you had Chris Hemsworth's character. Now, almost from the start, I didn't like because I haven't said anything about this movie yet. And like, go for your life. Okay, is your turn. All right. When he climbed up onto the sails and cut the rope, you know, I'm just just going, oh fuck off, you know. <laughs> He was just going, look at me, I'm still Thor, you know. <laughs> Huzzah! And he cuts the rope and, you know, looks no, heroically into the distance. He's supposed to be showing that he's the man. I know. The captain didn't do anything. That's right. And I'm coming to the very quick conclusion that he's a bit of a wanker. Who? Chris Hemsworth's he character. He's not. Oh, in this, in this movie. In that moment. In that moment. No, he was doing what the captain should have done. The captain did nothing. So that's, they're basically saying that the captain wasn't a good captain. He well knew that the captain... Was not, a, was not a seaman. Yeah, but and hence he was why asserting just, his authority. It was an asshole move. No, I think it's just a. I think you're a bad captain. I understood their relationship. I understood. Yep. Relationships in the field of lost shoes. I had no idea what was going on. In this film, it made sense. You know, we work. We work in. We work in different environments, don't we? When we go to work. You go you into an office. You get to sit office. in a truck no, 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 by no. yourself. <laughs> I generally work in an industrial environment. Would you say that that's correct? You work in a truck by yourself well, yes, for hours Yes, but I've also worked in many industrial environments sort of thing. I you work in an efficient chip I shop. work in blokey environments, yes? You, you've done cooking. We've all done cooking, otherwise we die. No, what I meant was you've done a fish and chip shop. Yes, I have. Well, is that a blokey job, is it? No, clearly it's not. <laughs> I've spread myself around. <laughs> Sorry, we're going to stop pointing fingers and no. poking into. <laughs> well, it's I, look, you're Where just are you put, going you're with pushing this? back on me because I called you a sociopath, aren't you? Just a little bit. Yes, yes. I've upset you now. Now, look, I've worked in more industrial environments than what you have, and there's a lot of alpha male shit going down. So I immediately recognise this crap for what it is. He was showing the other guy up and he did it deliberately and that comes from somebody who's a bit of an arsehole. Maybe that's what he's supposed to be doing. I don't know. You didn't like that? No. You support your captain. Do you? What if he he's was a, ba- a bad first what if he's a What if he's a bad captain? Well, you talk to him in a way. He you, did talk to him. Badly. No. The he captain spoke own, to him badly no, he too. He had his own pride all wrapped up in this shit. I think they were both to blame. You couldn't just pick one or the other. Okay. If you're can listening I, to the can, dialogue. Can I just talk about the captain for a second? Go for your life. Captain felt inadequate. Pollard. Ca- captain Thank Pollard. You. Yes, Captain Polax or whatever his name is. <laughs> he felt inadequate. And rightly so. He was he was um, the son of another Yes, but nobleman he, fellow. he was a wailing aristocracy. He was the son of somebody who essentially established the whole industry. Okay, so he was always going to get a boat because he was a bit of a rock star. So he was kind of parachuted into the position, so to speak. Now, over the top of the other guy, who was clearly an excellent seaman and a superior seaman to him. And he knew it and the other guy knew it, the captain knew it, and he was feeling defensive. And then this guy starts Tarzaning around the bloody sails. Owen Chase. Yes, and he starts Tarzaning around and that's an arsehole act. Because no, he's he had to cut it, otherwise it wouldn't have worked. Considering the rest of the mistakes that the captain made, and he made a lot. Yes. <laughs> he was not a good captain. Well, he was fresh. Yes. He was a noob. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bit of a muppet. 
Anyway, so like I just I lost a little bit of respect for the underling Chris Hemsworth's character because you're supposed to support your captain when you're the first, you know, when you're the two I see. No, no, you've got a choice. Is are you with the boys? Are you with management? Ooh. Yes. <laughs> and management's in charge of everybody's lives. And the stakes are a lot higher because you're out in the middle of the boat. A very small boat, may I say. Yeah, but it wouldn't be as hard to knock over, you know, push one captain overboard and <laughs> okay. mutiny. All right. <laughs> we're, we're bogging down here. The CGI on the whale. What was you very think? good. You, you thought it I had... I thought it looked good. Now, a lot of CGI... Like a lot of CGI, and I'm quoting directly from um, the podcast that I was listening to. Uh, uh, people... Which podcast were you listening to? The one that was on my podcast. The movies that made me. Was That's this, was this movie in about, it? No, they were talking about CGI and how oh. it lacks... It has a tendency of lacking weight and gravity when you're watching it. Okay. You should listen to it. I will, Defin- I will give it my complete very, very good. and yeah. absolute attention. Mm. And it made me rethink things as clearly. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Yeah, I've, It's impacted your life. I've, I've had several thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> so yes, so that's that's where we're up to. Um, so the CGI on the whale you didn't like? No. Oh, oh well. You said you, no, said, just, no, you sorry, asked me about no, the whale, and no, then you no, said you listened to this no, podcast no, about no, CGI. Stop! 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 I misspoke. Okay, I'm listening. I was simply asking you what you thought. Did I... it feel like a forty-ton whale? Did it? To have that mass about it. To tell you the truth, mm. when I was watching this, I actually thought when he first saw the whale, because he, he was the only one who first yep. saw it, the yep. first uh, the two or three times that they saw it, because he was the first one to see it, no one else saw it, mm. I think. I could be wrong. Anyway, there was a time when he saw it no one else did. And I thought, is it his imagination? Is he losing it? And then, of course, it attacks the boats and it obviously is real. Yep. Um, um, I thought, like, even when the eye come up and you could see the eye, I thought it looked pretty real. It's a 2015 film. I actually thought it wasn't too bad. Okay. What did you think? Did you not like it? Did you think it wasn't real and didn't feel real? No. Well, clearly I invested with the characters. Even When you dislike a character, that's still investing with the character. You're having an emotional reaction to okay. what they're doing. I didn't dislike it. Yep. I, didn't, I wasn't passionate about any of the characters. When right. they were eating each other, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you oh, got spoiler eaten. Spoiler alert. People know. <laughs> um... I was sort of a bit, I don't know. I found it hard getting really into what they're all doing because it, it is such a big cast. You only see a very short thing of what everyone's doing. Even besides Chris Hemsworth, char- Chris Hemsworth's character, you don't actually get any backstory for anyone else. Can I make a small admission? Yes. I live about 300 kilometres from the ocean. We live on an island, but I live inland considerably. And I constantly have a calling for the sea. I, no, don't look at me like that. I do. Okay. I'm not here by choice. Um, so the sea calls to you, does it, Paul? It, it does. In post-apocalyptic times, I want to be on a ship just sailing <laughs> off into the, into the climate change storms, the hurricanes. Okay. Is that a little crazy? 
Just a well, little. You, you're bagging me out for being a bit of a psycho. <laughs> Jeez. Um, I go to the coast once a year. What I'm trying it, to say. Don't get me wrong. It's nice, but I'm very happy living here. It's a I little like fantasy it. I've had in my own head for like 30 years. Is that from watching the Goonies or something? I don't know. You know, hop in a pirate like. ship and sail off. Yeah. I have a bit of a softness for nautical, nautical films. Like I have a softness for tank films. You know, you can't um, have tanks if you're out in the ocean. Well, you can, <laughs> although briefly. <laughs> blob, 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 blob. So you really liked the, this film. You thought it was done very well. I, look, I Except was emotionally for the CGI. invested in all the characters. I was sitting there. I, I was kind of resigned whether or not they were going to die because I thought that... Um, but the, they already the said he was a sole survivor. Yes, and then others survived, and I went, "Well, there you go." Mm. Well, he was the youngest, so obviously, mm. you know, he's old, old man now. So, look, I really enjoyed it. Okay, I, really I didn't it. not enjoy it, but I wasn't. It's not something to write home about. Okay, Pip, give me a score. I'm only going to give it like a six. It, uh, it's a fine film, but it's not one where I go, "Oh my gosh, I so totally care about these characters." Mm. Um, I didn't. Oh, I wasn't incur- sure. I wasn't terribly invested. Okay, it's an interesting story and yep. it's an interesting film, and it's not too long. It wasn't painful. Yep, but um, I wasn't terribly excited. Okay, now for me personally, mm-hmm. I'm going to go seven. It's not a big difference from you. I noticed that because there were small issues involved with the movie. What are the issues? Well, I think the pacing wasn't great. Well, I mean, there's how many days? There was like 30-something or 40-something days where they're just drifting around and yep. stranded, which, yep. I mean, happens. Yep. I did like the special effects of the paraffin oil going up because it was like – well, a lot of people would just have like uh, petroleum explosions and it has a certain speed. But it, did you notice that the explosions were kind of very slow? I was watching that, yeah. Mm, and uh, which means that it had a it far drew, it lower It drew your octane. attention to it because it was slightly different to yes, normal, yes. normal explosions. And so that was very well done and, mm. and I applaud that. And so there was technical aspects to this film that were very well thought out. Which people will notice because it does look different to your normal explosions. Yes, mm. yes. Uh, I thought the characters, by and large, were paper mache. Um... Chris Hemsworth character, though I didn't take to it, I thought he did a good job playing that character. You don't have to like the characters, no. you know, for him to have done a good job. And so, and I never punish a character that I don't like. I punish a character that can't act or, or isn't well acted, i.e., Kevin Costner. <laughs> what else did you like? Didn't you like about the film? What Just was the mainly point? the pacing, mainly the pacing, and that's not the film's fault because that's they the way have the story to. Works. They have to show the story as it was, you know. So Did you ever see the film um, Castaway that had Tom Hanks in it? Yes. Did you like that? At the time, but I've never gone back and watched it again. Okay. And a lot of people also raved about it and never went back and watched it again. And so, consequently, now that you look back at it in time, you can say that it wasn't a great movie. It was a good movie. I haven't watched it a second Even time. I saw it the first time and I went, oh, that was really good. I haven't seen it a second time. Mm. No, I'm just thinking of films where you're stranded yep. and you have to have a whole film based basically around oh, that look, point. Totally sucks dick. You know, <laughs> really, really bad situation. And oh, that it was played suck. out really well. And oh, yes. Got, no, yeah. you got that. Yes. No, my heart went out to him and, and I did empathise with him. Mm. But I 
when they started eating each other, you're just going, well, it's just a matter of time now. Let's see. And I thought when they started eating themselves, I actually went to the. Have you seen the movie Book of Eli? Yeah, sort of, but it's not. It's not. Doesn't register. I, I remember what I remember from the film, and I don't know if it's true. So I really probably should look this up before I just blurt out. It's science fiction, though, wouldn't it? No, what I'm saying is, in the movie, they're saying people who ate human flesh would get the shakes, mm-hmm. and it would be obviously bad for you because you can get quite sick from eating human flesh. Do you know flesh. what it is? It's mad cow disease. Yes, that's what I thought, but yes. I wasn't sure if it gave that effect of the BS, handshaking BSE and stuff. or whatever it's, it is. I know yes. you can get mad cow disease from it, but I didn't know whether you'd get the shakes. I haven't... It's but only, my brain was just going, as soon as I saw them going, all right, who are we going to eat? Yeah. My brain was going, oh, Book of Eli, they're going to get the shakes and all die from eating. Not, it's, not it's not 100%. But then I went back to the Dave Anthony podcast, Australia, you know, the... The dollop, yeah. where they went to Australia and they talked about the guy the who Tasmanian liked guys. the guy who yeah. liked to go out and eat people. And yes. He kind of just made his escapes to go and eat people, and it, and it kind of it was like Chinese because it made you hungry ten minutes after you finished oh. eating. <laughs> Gosh, that was awful. <laughs> oh man, well, I feel peckish again. <laughs> You're feeling sick. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Did he get the shakes? I don't know. So I just when I was watching it, rather than yeah. getting. Oh, upset about the fact that they had to eat each other. Was I was thinking about, do you reckon they'll get the shakes? What well, will happen? It was Van Diemen's Land. He was a he was a convict who had been caught. They wouldn't have bothered. They wouldn't have cared less if he had the shakes. They would have taken him to Hobart, put him on a scaffold, and hung the motherfucker. But they didn't. He escaped another time and ate, and took another mate with him <laughs> and ate him. Do you remember that dollop? I vaguely do. Yes. He, he escaped twice, but took a mate with him twice, yes. and ate them. And he, both times from Sarah Island. He said, Island. I, I liked eating yes. them. <laughs> yeah. I've been to Sarah Island. Have you? I have. It's a very small island. It's, oh, man. not a lot going on there. Anyway, so the fact that we can't really talk about this film has got to tell you something. It's, the fact that we're getting distracted. Oh. Both these films were pretty useless. I apologise for this. Well, we, we didn't your think film, good films. Your film was far superior to my film this week. I know, but both neither of them were like, oh, my gosh, you need to watch this film. Pip, would you recommend it? Um... I'd say to people it's all right. I wouldn't like go, yeah. oh my gosh, you have to watch it. I would say if you like Master and Commander, this is not as oh, good. No, it's not as good, but it's all right. Yeah. Similar. Yeah, sort, it's of. sort of. Sort kinda. of. Kind of. Sort of, kind of. Yeah. And it's got Chris Hemsworth if you've you know really got to fill films. that hole. That Rush film, is, but he's better in that than he is in this. Yeah, but this racing car's in it. No, no, no. But it's he's, more exciting. He does a better job in that. So let's blame the director. It's Ron Howard who also directed oh, Rush. So we, can't, we can't. Okay. Well, Ron Howard directed Rush and he directed this. Maybe it's a scriptwriter, but I'm sure it wouldn't have been. Josh Olsen. <laughs> no, gosh, don't do that. I said it, it wouldn't there have was been. Nothing wrong it would with, have been far better than there that. Was it would nothing, have been a great film. There was nothing wrong with the dialogue in this. It was fine. Oh, gosh. All right. Okay. Well, I think um, we had. So that was. Six stars from me and seven stars from Paul for In the Heart of the Sea. Pip. Paul. What do we watch next week? God help us. Now, Doris Day died this week. Yep. Which is very sad. I think she was 96. One million years. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've never watched a Doris Day film. I know I've heard her singing, no. but I've never watched a film. I've and watched I, I started many. reading out. I started reading out a list and you yep. said, let's watch... Calamity, Calamity Jane. Jane. And because I remember it, and I remember it being vaguely entertaining. Okay. So we. So I thought at least we won't die of, you know, now, it being to, something god awful. To educate me, because yes. I haven't watched Dean Doris Day. Yep. 
Um, we're we're going to watch Calamity Jane. Yes. And, and my pick. And your so that was my pick. Yes. And your pick because I haven't watched it because I'm slack and yeah. everyone keeps going. Oh, the third movie's out. You've got to watch it. Um, John Wick. Now everybody who's seen John Wick are just nodding, just quietly going. I haven't seen it. Yes. I've just been slack. <laughs> I don't have a life. It's violence porn. Oh well, I like it. I don't know anyone who would have watched this movie and not like it. Oh, okay. As long as it's, it's not, it's, it's not painful, is it? No. Okay. Oh, well, for don't the, don't for ruin the people it for involved, me. I'm sure it is. Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> Briefly. No, it's just everyone was like, "Oh, the third one's coming out. Oh, it's great." And I thought, I haven't even watched the first two. Can I just say this? Don't ruin it. It's not about the plot. Oh. It's not about the plot. I like plot. Yeah. Well, forget that. No. This is not about the plot. No. Uh, okay. Don't ruin it. No, don't I'll ruin just it. Say, if you don't enjoy this, I'll be really surprised. Okay. I think it's an absolute roller coaster of a movie. <laughs> what were you trying to do there? A Hollywood accent? Not <laughs> 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 oh, one of those people who, you know, get on the TV and. No, no. Do you want another go at that? I don't think I do. <laughs> Okay, so that was The Field of Lost Shoes and In the Heart of the Sea. Yep. And next week we're watching Calamity Jane and John Wick. Yep. We hope you've had a good week and a good week coming. I can't do it either. I'm sorry. What the hell was that? I don't know. I was trying to do it too. I'm excited. You need a script writer. (laughs) Josh Olsen. Oh, my gosh. He's so going to tweet you and you're screwed. (laughs) (laughs) I hope all you Aussies out there vote... Intelligently. Yes. And um, we'll see you next week. Just don't vote liberal. (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't get political. Oh, for Christ's sake. Okay. Two seconds. Two seconds. No, no, come on. No, come on. Let's put this out. First of all, you you know, I'm going to put this out before the bloody election. Stuff it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to have, I'm just going to simply say this, all right? And I'm pointing my finger at you. I know you very aggressively. Liberal Party has said nothing about climate change. They're they just have. kind of, they're, oh, they're putting their hands over They've and said, going. We're doing nothing. We're doing <laughs> nothing at all. Okay. Now, if you don't believe in climate change and you're some sort of knuckle-dragging redneck, okay, <laughs> vote liberal. But if you're somebody who's got children or grandchildren, don't. All right. That's all I'm saying. You vote for anybody else that's, you know, not on the far right, like Manning Fraser or someone like that. Oh, gosh. Oh, We've literally people who don't know. We so we've got screwed. literally got Nazis like lining up in the parliament now. It's just oh god, shoot us now. Anyway, <laughs> anyway that got really political. Hope you have a good week. Don't vote Labor. A liberal. Now you get. Did I real- save myself? No, you didn't. I just say don't vote liberal. <laughs> <laughs> don't vote anything. What was that film where they said don't vote none of the above? <laughs> <laughs> Vote for none of the above. That, and it was his political party. Yeah, because that's how he spent oh, all his money. What movie well, was that? I can't remember now. Let's have a gap and I'll go find it. It was. Oh, thanks, Pip. All right, see you guys. Bye. Bye.